Welcome back to Administrative Static, and we're talking with Margo Cleveland about a uh, suit that we filed uh, at NCLA uh, against State Department for using cutouts to censor speech. And our, our first lawsuit against the State Department, I believe. So we've added another federal agency here to our. Yeah, <laughs> to our I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any in, in Murthy. But in any event, uh, Margo, so tell us, you know, we've talked about what's bad about this case. Let's talk about the suit itself. Um, who are our clients and how were they hurt? Sure. So our clients are the Daily Wire and the Federalist. Both are media outlets. And both of those media outlets have been blacklisted by GDI, which is the Global Disinformation Index, and have been rated unreliable by NewsGuard. GDI and not, not just unreliable, but the top 10 riskiest websites, I think, was the, was the right, designation I saw. For, that's Right. That is GDI. They call it risky, and they put them in the top 10 riskiest. NewsGuard does their ratings a tad different, where anytime, um, if, you, if you use their system, you can go in and it'll fly. Anytime an article pops up, it rates them at a percentage, and anything below, I think, 50, they, they consider unreliable. So it's the top 10 risky for the, <coughs> excuse me, for GDI. And so, please go ahead. No, 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 I, I did. So, so we're, on, we're on this list. What happens then? What happens to you if you're risky? So, um, excuse me for a second. I have a cough. Okay. You want to go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I was going to say, I was going to jump in to say uh, a little bit more about the client. So for those who, who may not uh, follow these media channels really closely, uh, the Federalist, the editor-in-chief is Molly Hemingway. You may have seen her uh, on uh, Laura Ingram's show on Fox News or on, on some of the other uh, Fox programming that Molly is on frequently. And the Daily Wire uh, is, uh, uh, is a service that uh, includes Ben Shapiro's uh, podcast and uh, and radio show and 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 so forth and uh, so these are these are not small outlets these are some of the most prominent uh, conservative online digital outlets that are out there uh, and and it's not just that these are listed as as risky but when you see the top ten most reliable outlets that they list as well. And it includes things like Huffington Post and BuzzFeed. It's just, it's just obvious that there's an ideological filter that's being used here. It, it doesn't really have anything to do with misinformation. Please tell me Vox isn't on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were, but I, I don't remember for sure. Not, not on this list. Okay, okay good. Is and BuzzFeed were NPR. NPR is one of the top most yeah. most reliable. Wow! Right, and the, and that's for the GDI. And Matt Taibbi had an excellent article yesterday that talked about the lawsuit and talked about the ridiculous nature of that. But those lists are used by advertisers. So the actual way the Federalists and GDI, excuse me, the Federalists and the Daily Wire even found out about this is Gabe Kaminsky over at the Washington Examiner had a source that showed him and provided him information that GDI was selling this, they, I think they call it a um, dynamic exclusion list that they were using with advertisers. And there were some big advertisers using it that it blacklists them from getting advertising dollars. 
and NewsGuard has a similar situation. And that will starve these media organizations of advertising dollars. Now, the lawsuit is not seeking money damages. It is seeking an injunction. It's asking the State Department to stop funding and promoting and testing and helping develop these different censorship technologies. So we know those two companies are causing advertisers not to go to the plaintiffs. But we, and, and we know it right from their own words. They're saying that's what their goal is. They're, they're saying that's what is done. And in, in fact, that's the reason that they're doing the ratings is to is to is to drive advertising away from yeah. webs. That is the that is the way in which they're suppressing speech is by driving advertising away and hopefully defunding these websites. That's the that's the right. strategy. But it, it isn't just that. When you look at all the different technologies and NewsGuard here is a good example of how it is lessening and suppressing speech without the monetary component, which is when you do a web search, if you have this NewsGuard uh, system on your web, which a lot of public libraries are doing, some schools are doing, it comes up and it flags it. And it'll say, for instance, the Federalist is rated, I think, 12.5% for reliability. It's preventing people from even thinking of clicking on and reading that information. And, again, that's only two technologies we know about. We don't know if these other technologies or if the social media companies are using those technologies as part of their algorithms to decide how people are going to see things on their feed. Is Google and other browsers using these technologies or others for the rank source um, Results. So if I go on and I type in, for instance, an NCLA lawsuit against State Department, if they have an article by the Federalist and it's like five pages in and, you know, below it is the Daily Wire, people might never read it because Google buried it in the search results, and instead what they put up at top is, let's say, it's BuzzFeed or the Huffington Post, or I guess I don't think either of those exist anymore, but NPR, since we're still funding them, they, if they come up top, that's what people will see. So it's not just this advertising dollars that they're trying to squash. These technologies have other ways of suppressing the speech and the press rights of both of the plaintiffs. Margo, you raised something that makes me a little nervous. So if the government stopped funding these outfits, are they because is this like seed money to launch them? And now they can just rely on advertisers. It's like they set it up. And so now they won't need the government and the government can walk away while they while they do it sort of like a machine that goes by itself. Like the fruit of the poisonous tree. Yeah. Yep, that in fact is part of what we're seeing. Um, some of, and I don't know how much the State Department was doing that, if it was Department of Defense, but the other part is the State Department, through their Global Engagement Center, is a multi agency group. So it was actually hosting technology that the DOD was funding. So it is involved in this. But on your point, the answer is yes. In fact, 
I saw research showing that they are specifically targeting technologies that they call have a dual purpose. So what they're doing is they're funding them to get them up and running so that they then can sell this technology externally, which is why this is so scary. We're not talking about merely the, our government trying to get technology that they can use to prevent ISIS from recruiting, recruiting. adherents or We're something. We're talking about our, our State Department and our government finding these folks and getting them up and running and then leash, unleashing them on the American public and the American press. And that's why this case is so important. It needs to expose this before the government has unleashed this monster on us that I don't know if we would ever be able to stop. Well, the monster's unleashed as far as I can tell. I mean, you, you had things like the Russian disinformation campaign that, that, that didn't ever exist but was uh, you know, being used as the bogeyman for some of the censorship that was, that was taking place. And I think, Margot, you, you mentioned to me that you know, some of your own pieces that, that you wrote for the Federalist were were you know, demoted or, or or taken down or otherwise uh, throttled, uh, and and it was there's there's some sense that that's because if something's getting identified as Russian disinformation when it's actually written by an American for an American audience, but if it gets promoted by some other you know, Twitter handle or something like that, then it, then these programs will come after it. These, these software will right. come after it. Right. So several pieces that I wrote, Russian Today, which is the, the, the Putin-backed, you know, pro, uh, propagandist group, would retweet it. And I actually ended up starting commenting underneath it, Putin's an evil dictator. <laughs> they would stop doing it <laughs> because I knew by them retweeting it, it meant that I was going to be put on this list. So I started putting things underneath it to, to try to encourage them to leave my stuff alone. But it shouldn't matter. I wasn't writing it for Putin. It Just because Putin is an evil dictator doesn't mean that our government position or things that it's doing or just saying that there was no Trump-Russia collusion and that the FBI was complicit in it, that has nothing to do with Russia and being pro-Russian. So, but that's what our government was doing. They were looking at the, the two as being synonymous with each other. And Mark, well, we're, I just wanted to come back. We've only got a minute left, and I wanted to come back. Where are we filing this, this lawsuit, Margaret? Sure. So this was filed in the Eastern District of Texas. As I noted at the opening, we have the Texas Attorney General joining us. So, of course, it's going to be filed in Texas. And we're looking forward to, to moving forward and, and hopefully getting some discovery soon so we can expose all of this. And so we filed the complaint. What's the next step? The government will answer the complaint? Right. Well, we're, we're looking to file a motion for a preliminary injunction um, probably early in January. I'm not sure if they'll get their answer in beforehand or not, but we're going to move forward with trying to get some preliminary relief to stop the government from doing this as soon as possible. Well, thank you so much for joining the program and, and telling our audience uh, about this. Again, the case is Daily Wire, the Federalist State of Texas, v. Department of State. Thank you, Margot Cleveland. 